0: working with the local church to take the hope of Christ to every student in the United States. This is First Priority. Now here are your hosts, Steve Cherico and Brad Skelling.
1: Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. My name is Steve. This is Brad and you are attending the Brad and Steve show. Oh boy. It's not official, Steve. Let's not get carried away. Come on. B is always before S, so Brad and Steve's show runs right off the tongue, no problem.
2: That is the first thing my wife said: was at least he put your name first. I'm like, don't encourage him.
1: Do not encourage the lad. (laughs) He is not to be helped in any way. That is correct. No, no,
2: we don't need to do this. Bring Mark Roberts back and talk about egos and logos. No egos, no logos.
1: I like it. I like it. I like it. That's a blast from the past. Good name. I hope he listens and gives us a shout-out while he's listening. You're welcome. You're welcome. So, Brad, we've talked the last couple weeks about announcements. We've talked about different things going on inside the cities, and we thought today would be kind of fun to bring one of our directors of one of our – in fact, I believe it is the oldest, but she'll correct us in a minute – but the longest-tenured city uh, under first priority, which is Miss Debbie DeBoer – Debbie, welcome to the podcast.
0: Hey, thanks for having me today, just as long as you don't call me old.
1: <laughs> no, ma'am. Seasoned, veteran, right. wise, all those things.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. more.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, Debbie, Brad and I know you well because we've been around you for about 15 years now. If you don't mind, for the audience that may be newer to first party, would you give them just a little bit of a background of who you are, where you are, what the Lord's doing with you and your family.
0: Um, Yeah, so I'm Debbie DeVore. I'm in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm super excited to be part of the First Priority family. Um, I have three amazing kids. The last baby is graduating from Alabama in a few short months, May. He'll be a college graduate. And so all three of my kids will hopefully be gainfully employed and off the payroll, which is pretty exciting. But, you know, it's also pretty cool. I mean, my last name is DeBoer. So in the last week, it's been huge, like, you know, major news. Because the new right. Alabama coach is, of course, last name DeBoer. So my phone has been ringing off the hook, asking if we're related. And the answer is no. But that doesn't mean my son's not trying to work that angle.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. That's great. It's exactly. great. That's great. Tell us a little bit your history of First Priority. How would you get involved? What's going on there?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. So, gosh, I feel like um, I grew up. And First Priority. Um, That might sound pretty crazy, but, you know, I started uh, volunteering with First Priority when I was accepting a call to ministry um, um, back when I was like 26 years old. Um, Volunteered, working on a campus, being a campus coach. Loving uh, this generation and just being able to um, go to the local campus, um, was serving as a local youth pastor at the time and um, just really heard the Lord say, why do we expect this generation to come to us when he is giving us an opportunity to go to them. So that's kind of been my why with First Priority of just not really having a youth group at the church but being called and loving this generation and wanting to invest uh, seeds of greatness in them and not having anybody to speak into. And so the campus was just the very next step. Um, And so 27 years ago, I walked on to Oak Mountain Middle School and I am still there today, not necessarily in a campus coach capacity, but Whenever I show up, I just kind of take over that role. <laughs> yeah. But um, cool story um, that's really kind of really dear to my heart is when I walk on the campus 27 years ago, I met this amazing young woman named Brooke. And um, in fact, I named my second child after her. She was such an impressive young lady, loved the Lord, just really had this uh, standard in her life of just no compromise and um, just really loved getting to know her. She was in my life. I kind of discipled her. She would ask me all the time, you know, you know, People would ask her, who's your youth pastor? Who's your youth pastor? She goes, well, which one? My one on, on on the campus or my one at my local church? So she was blessed to have two people that spoke into her life. And um, we kind of tracked all the way through um, uh, her high school journey, as well as her middle school journey, her college journey. She came back, graduated from a college with a music degree uh, from Belmont um, College, you know, Belmont University in Nashville, and was... Uh, Basically, working as a local music teacher here at one of our schools, became, of course, a teacher sponsor in first priority. Then she's an administrator at a school, allowing us to come in to be able to start um, an elementary club at her school. And um, the coolest part of the whole story and why I share that is now on my leadership team at Oak Mountain Middle School. I have two of her children on my leadership team where I first met their mom. And so that's just full circle story. Um, I'm not going to tell you how old I am, but that just shows you after 26 years of serving in this ministry, like we're getting to see the second generation, the third generation. It's just incredible, um, just to be a part of what God's doing.
2: So cool, that is great. And I just got your got your email. You guys are growing and expanding. Your team's expanding. The club influence. Yes. Give us a, a couple of stories from this year. What's what's God go, got going on in Birmingham this year?
0: Oh, wow, this year. Okay, so uh, I guess if we even want to talk post-COVID anymore, basically we went from nothing to, you know, relaunching campuses all across the city. Um, You know, in our healthiest of states, 250 back when it began 33 years ago when the movement was birthed right here in Birmingham. um, Now we're currently at 136 campuses. And when we say 136 campuses, we can actually tell you, every single detail about every single campus. There is so much reporting on the health and the multiplication of every one of our campuses. Never have we had such an incredible um, reporting system set up including rewards for different schools that we draw names every month to be able to give them breakfast and free resources just for all the constant reports. When I say reporting has become such a major thing in our city, we have thousands upon thousands thousands of reports every single month from all of our clubs telling us literally every single story heartbeat of what God's doing in the lives of students all across our area. So, um, super excited. You know, I, um, you know, have, uh, Had the privilege of being on staff with first party for a long time and in that we've had a lot of transition. So, um, you know, we had Jody joined our team two years ago as our regional coordinator doing an incredible job. Um, And so we were kind of only two full time people. That we're running crazy with like 97 campuses. And then since then, you know, the Lord's just blessed us and just given us a vision to complete the city, which is 272 campuses, 163,969 kids and we want to reach every last one with the good news of jesus so we have like a five-year plan Mm -hmm. to start 30 new campuses every single year to finish the city in um, four and a half years so super excited about what god's doing continuing to add 30 new campuses every year and with 30 new campuses every year we're just believing god to provide so we're hiring staff so it's just been exciting now we're at four full-time staffers that um, my heart has been I grew up in first priority and have such a heart for this generation but let's face it I'm mom a lot of times when I enter a campus I'm the nurturer um, you know probably their parents age (laughs) so it's just kind of given me a little bit different capacity just to be able to love on kids in a different way But um, my heart's been, God, we want the next generation. So uh, the last two people I've had the um, privilege to hire are the next generation. So one of them is literally 27 years old, which is how old I was when I joined First Priority and got involved in the movement. And we just hired a 24-year-old straight out of Bible college. And um, it's just exciting just to be able to, number one, pour into them and see them uh, develop, but also to sit back and watch um, just the favor and the anointing of God upon their lives just to minister uh, to these kids. And so... um, it's just exciting. I mean, I just can't wait every day to get up and go to work. I mean, I know that sounds crazy and most people um, envy. I can't believe you have a job that you get up every day loving to go to work. I'm like, yeah, when you're in your calling and doing what God's created you to do, it's not work. It's just the, the greatest adventure of the Christian life. So I'm, I'm really blessed.
2: One of the things that you haven't even mentioned yet are some of the other seeds that have been planted over the 33 years. As you're talking about numbers. And I I don't remember all of them that are there, but yeah, when you talk about the capacity, I think you mentioned the number that was 300 plus and then now you're talking 200 some. And if anybody caught that, I don't know if I'm interpreting it correctly, but back in the day you were in Huntsville, you were in Southeast Alabama and those have split off. So we're still working with um, those down in Southeast Alabama. You're working with the kids. I'm working with John Mark and the, and the adults. There are separate chapters up there, but that's, you know, Birmingham's multiplying impact that you're responsible for having caused, but not responsible for overseeing anymore, right? Because they have their own board of directors, they have their own directors, and they are seeing kids come Christ in all of those areas as well. So that's also a pretty cool just multiplying part of that story that doesn't get mentioned in the Birmingham specific story anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, it's funny how like first 40, there. we were incorporated as first 40 of Alabama, which we call ourselves greater Birmingham. But, you know, I can't tell you, um, Brad, how many phone calls we still get you already know uh, daily about other yep. cities. I just talked to a guy today, an hour North of Mobile. You know, we have a person that's reached out from Calhoun County in Aniston. We've had, you know, Tuscaloosa kind of call us going, help us remobilize and relaunch. And so we've gone to Prattville this year, started a couple clubs down there. So it's just absolutely yep. incredible just because, you know, The model works anywhere, no matter where you are. And so with all the resources and the online app and different things that have been created with First Party of America, we're able to help mobilize people really quickly to be able to continue to spread the movement. And and we want to cover- That's right. You know, 272 campuses is just what I want to complete in Greater Birmingham, but that doesn't mean my heart doesn't want to continue to explore and to expand and just believe God for more. Um, You know, we have a heart for elementary schools as well as all of our middle school and high schools, and uh, that number continues to grow every single day. And it's just exciting to be able to see how this already, this semester, we've trained over 479 student leaders, and we've seen 422 kids pray to receive Christ. This morning, I was at a school, walked through the plan of salvation. It happened to be a kid's school this morning, and I had four kids pray to receive Christ this morning, saying yes to Jesus and coming up afterward, telling me that that was the first time they had surrendered their heart. So it was just really exciting just to be a part of seeing these kids um, go into uh, the calling that God has for them.
1: So I'm going to pick on you a little bit, Debbie, because all of those numbers are incredible, and we thank God for them, Right. If we go back five years ago, pre-COVID, but still five years ago, when the world was spinning out of control, your world specifically around Birmingham, right? And the numbers weren't in front of you, and things were, man, what are we gonna do with this thing? There was a lot more questions than there were answers like you just gave at that time. So we get to now where you're getting to do a lot of celebrating because of all the work you've done the last five years. Walk us through some things that you are still having to see built, things that you're still walking through where it's like, this is still something we're having to work on because it's not undergirded the way we want it to right now.
0: I think everything um, rises and falls on leadership. So I believe with all of my heart that God wants to pour out his spirit in such a powerful way on this generation. And the sad part is, is there's still a lot of people that don't, partner with local first priority campuses. So I think our biggest hurdle and continuing to be our, you know, potential opportunity that we have as we get to go share with churches every single day is the opportunity to be able to con- continue to guide and instruct and direct students on how to be able to change the spiritual atmosphere at their school. And I think that so much of our leadership teams, the strength that we're seeing now with all the fruit is because we're really spending hands on time developing our leadership teams and giving them more. They have such a hunger for discipleship. And on one hand, that's super exciting. But on the other hand, it's like there's not enough hands to be able to do all the work. So, um, you know, being able to go share with different churches, I was with a church last Thursday night just about how God is pouring out a spirit at this one campus where there's a campus coach and there's a teacher sponsor and there's an awesome leadership team. And the principal gives us academic time to be able to have leadership team meetings in their academic day so that we can further equip them to empower students to take the forefront and lead. And he goes, okay, well, what about the next school? I'm like, they don't have a coach. What about the next school? They don't have a coach. And so like their eyes were completely being open to, oh, Okay, well, how many churches, like how many schools can our church adopt? And I'm like, well, you know what? I'm going to give you a list. So we've conducted um, a prayer list that we've started where um, Jody and Sunny on our team, just been incredible, where we're able to give a list of every single school to intercessory prayer teams all over our city that literally has every day and time a club meets. And so they're praying the day before the clubs meet. And then we also on that list have every single campus where there's not a first priority club. And so my heart is, why are we not mobilizing the church not just with their youth ministries and children's ministries, but their lay ministry going, where do you have a job? Where are you surrendered and like sanctioned around a school that you with 30 minutes of time, once a week could invest in developing the next generation of leaders and be a coach to some of these campuses that are desperate and hungry, but we don't have enough feet on the ground to be able to get everywhere. So it's just kind of getting them to have that paradigm shift of looking at the opportunities that are in front of them, and how they can mobilize their church to be about the Great Commission and to go therefore and make disciples. And so, um, I'm hoping that a lot of people are catching my fire. <laughs> um, but like I said, you know, passion is caught, I'm not taught. So, you know, I mean, I can I can champion this cause all day long, but the moment that they step one foot and take a step on that campus and meet one student, um, we actually had um, a Church of Christ that partnered with us last year. And got involved in the campus, and they were a very older uh, husband and wife uh, team that uh, walked onto one of our um, schools out in Irondale, and it was the most beautiful story because they're like, "What could we bring? You know, what could we bring to the table?" As you know, we're grandparents, we're elderly, we don't we don't even know about what this generation needs and wants, and we're like, "You know what? We just need your presence." And you know, they showed up on that campus. The very first day, and one of these little girls came up to her and goes, would you be my grandma?
1: Mm.
0: And I promise you, that's all that they had to say. And they have not missed a day at that campus because they have been able to love on these kids. They bring breakfast. She makes homemade muffins for them. And she cares for these kids. And they're the campus coaches of this middle school group and it doesn't matter how old you are as long as you have a heart for people and can love people and like let the Lord take your hands and be able to utilize him and what he's calling you to do it doesn't matter makes my job really easy when something like that can be a win for us Um, so it's just kind of trying to re-strategize and rethink the box Um, I know I talked to you Steve just a little bit a a couple few weeks ago before Christmas maybe of just trying to we have a lot of mobilization of colleges around us, so we have a lot of college students That are plugging in as campus coaches they just have a heart for these kids they get so excited they go to their campus leaders of their you know campus ministries on their campus and they're like hey guys this is an opportunity we have right down the road that we all can do this together as a team and so we've seen a lot of momentum of just getting college students to be able to plug into local campuses that come alongside and coach these kids and love on these kids and just show up and just be their cheerleaders so we're just trying to re-strategize How can we mobilize not just the church around greater Birmingham, but what what is the church? The church is the people. So how are we mobilizing the church, the big C church, and giving every single person a job that's in the body to be able to reach this generation with the gospel?
1: Well, Debbie, you and I talked about this on that particular call. I remember it well. We were talking about the fact that there was a point in time in youth ministry for both of us a little bit when we were both a little younger.
2: Mm-hmm. Where it had
1: all to do with the person and the personality and were they a rock star and could they, right? The, the rock star thing kind of became a thing and then it got bitter in our mouth. I'm like, yeah, I don't know that we like the rock star because then it's ego and logo going what to Brad said earlier, right? And what we've realized, it's, it's, not, it's not rock star, it's presence. Are you willing to be an ongoing presence? That's what they're looking for. They 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 see enough entertainment. They can smell out the person who is a fake entertainer. And the person who is just a everyday, I'm gonna be here. It's gonna be solid. They they just this generation knows how to smell that out. And so you are wise. And and Brad and Brad and I again hear this story often. We are hearing stories where not just on the college side, but also on that elderly statesman side, where people are saying, "That's my grandkids' kid. You know, school. That's that's my great niece's school." I'm, there's no reason that they should be without. And they jump in. And there's an area that there's six or eight great churches. There should be an opportunity with the youth minister, but we're not seeing it. And so we're taking the opportunities as the Lord gives them. And you're right. Um, man, having those people there, there, there is great, great influence on these kids' lives right now.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, I mean, even as me, I mean, I know this as, as a calling and a job and it's what my heart is, but I can't imagine just sitting around and doing nothing. <laughs> I mean, I love being on a campus every single day. And I'm not in charge, I'm just sitting there just wanting to be there as a person that's just you know even championing the local church that's you know working that particular campus or just being a source of encouragement or just going to talk to the lady at the front desk and just putting a smile on her face and sharing a few stories about what God's doing around the city and so it's just so exciting to me to get out of bed every day knowing the impact that we can leave in people's lives for the kingdom
2: great right. hmm. right. well and What I'm thinking about right now, we're impacting the kingdom. The first scholarship application, we didn't do any announcements before we got into the interview, but the first scholarship application came in from Birmingham this spring. So uh, scholarship season is upon us. We're hoping to be able to give away a few thousand dollars, uh, many few thousand dollars, hopefully, uh, in scholarships, up to 11 scholarships this year is our hope. Um, Mark. And I always say we don't count our chickens until they're in our coop. So until all the, the finances are in there, we're, we're working on finalizing all that. But we are giving scholarships away. And we're excited that Birmingham is leading the way there and got the first application in the spring. So, That's
0: exciting. So awesome. um, I, I do know that every little bit helps. And the scholarship was a real blessing last year. Just watching the two recipients that one loved hearing their stories and what they were doing right. with that. And, um, you know, just to kind of go alongside of that, too, um, with the scholarship, you know, something that Birmingham has kind of been birthed here a little bit, wanting to be on the needs and hearts of our staff, is wanting to do like a senior breakfast for all of our student leaders, you know, Mm -hmm. bringing the city together. You know, we do Leader Summit, which is a great day where students are excused from school for the day. And we train them in leadership, which is amazing. But that's like the only time they really see each other. Um, but this past year, you know, God's just really sparked a movement amongst our uh, high schools where um, Calera High School, uh, which is one of the schools here in Shelby County, really wanted to do a nighttime event. They really had a heart for their school. They had 100 people come into First Priority, which was amazing, but they want to reach their campus, which is like 1,200, 1,300 kids. And so they planned a three hour event on a Saturday night called Arise. And wanted just to be able to worship and have different students speak to their generation about going after the Lord and what that meant and what it looks like in their life. So they had about 200 people, a little over 200 people show up. They had 11 student leaders that all spoke. It's a three and a half hour event so well orchestrated, but they had students from other local high schools in the area from First Priority come and be able to taste and see what God was doing there. They've gone to their principal, so they're planning one on their event next month. So all the kids mm. from one school are going to go support the next school that's starting it. And this fan of revival that's happening here in our city of just students that are hungry and being able to taste and experience the presence of God, but also for other people to catch that and be able to receive salvation. And so we're trying to think how can we continually bring these kids together because you know leadership when you bring student leaders that have Mm -hmm. you know a voice uh to be able to speak what god's doing on their campus and you put them in the room together that like momentum catches like fire um, for other yeah. students, and spark so many ideas. And so that's just, we can't keep up with that right now, which is amazing, yeah. um, but just trying to be able to get out of their way to be able to let them reach their generation with the good news of Jesus and then, you know, want to celebrate them. So trying to think of how we can honor our seniors, not just with a scholarship, which is amazing, but also kind of bringing them together at a senior breakfast and letting them share all that God's done and just being able mm-hmm. to champion that cause of faith for their peers to be able to get excited as they move to the next chapter of their life. When it becomes a little bit more intentional about living for Jesus on the college campus that they want to continue to see change come there.
1: That's right. That's right. That's good. So good. Well, there's no lack of passion or excitement for you, Miss Debbie, as Mm -hmm. always, which is super fun. We say all the time, it's hard for this to get old. It never gets old. So thank you so much for, uh, Thank you so much for your leadership in Alabama. Thanks for your leadership in uh, helping the other parts of Alabama beyond Birmingham and uh, for telling your story today. I'm I'm excited about what's going on down there and what your future holds.
0: Well, we're just going to continue to be doing what God's called us to do and just let him show up and show off. <laughs> Appreciate you guys Great. having me on today. I love you guys. And uh, I'm also praying for First Party of America that we just continue to explode and, and reach every last one in our nation. So I'm excited about what's ahead.
2: Take the hope of Christ to every student. Here we go. That's right, here we go.
0: Hold on.